Thanks for sharing. And so is a great story. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we sit down with chefs, food businesses, food writers and more to share the stories behind the food they serve. I'm your host, Persan Patel, and this show is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Let's dig in, everyone. Welcome everyone to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we talk to entrepreneurs, chefs, home cooks and food lovers about our first love, food. Today on the show, we have Carmel of Carmel's Israeli Street Food. Carmel owns a food truck that you will find in various markets across Auckland. And if you love your pitas and falafels, you definitely want to try them out. So without further ado, hi Carmel, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well. So, um... Let's get started. Tell me a little bit about your background. Have you always grown up around food? Well, um, I was born in New Zealand, and at the age of three, I moved uh, with my parents and my brothers to Israel. Um, I have an Israeli dad and a Kiwi mom. Um, okay. So basically what happened was we moved there, and I grew up there most of my life. And in Israel, it's quite interesting because food is a really... Um, massive part of um, social sort of meetings. So even if it's with your family or friends, it's always around food. Um, I think the main thing I really like is um, we have Friday night dinners in Israel, which um, happen in every household. And this is something that is quite major. Uh, We get to, you know, just uh, sit around the table with your family and have a large meal um, just before, you know, the Shabbat comes in. Shabbat is the Saturday um, in Israel. So that's a really unique thing that I, do, I didn't find anywhere else in the world. Um, yeah, that is quite unique. So is that something that was just like your family did or does that something that kind of everyone in Israel does? Literally everybody. It's something that happens in every household, yeah. Oh, how amazing. So, um could you share maybe one of your memories from one of those meals, like uh, something that's really kind of stood out? Or what is typically the kind of food that's cooked at one of these meals? Um, I feel like a typical Friday night dinner would be like a roast chicken and roast vegetables and rice and some challah bread, which is sort of a sweet plated bread that we have. Um it can come with soup or fish, or it really depends from what origin in the world you are. Um, but Jews all over the world see like Friday night as sort of a sacred time. So um, yeah, they just sit around the table and share their week and um, different foods from different places in the world. Um, Israel, a bit like New Zealand, is sort of a melting pot. So there's people from all four corners of the world in one place. So it brings interesting food into the scene. Okay. Oh, lovely. So then what was it like living in Israel as a child? Like, could you tell us a little bit about the food scene there? Is it um, very multicultural? Um, I mean, I haven't ever been to Israel, so I'm going to try to live through your eyes. Well, it is very multicultural, I guess. Um, If I tell you a little bit about my grandparents, um, I have a, I had a, a grandmother who uh, was from Libya and a grandfather that was from the Czech Republic. So oh, wow. y- you can already see how different that would be. Um, 
and it comes, you know, you can see it in, in different food scenes during, like in Israel. So there's people from Turkey and people from Iran and people from um, Poland and Roman and uh, Georgia and like all these different countries and they all come together in Israel. So I would say Israeli food is a mixture of all of those. That's what makes it so unique. Um, I think for me, one of my biggest memories um, as a kid, it was a treat to eat out. And my dad used to take me and my three brothers um, to this little hole-in-the-wall place, which was like a falafel place. Um, it's, it was called Devora Falafel, and they had the best pita breads, like the softest, most amazing pita breads. And they would stuff it with falafel and salads and stuff, and that was a really big treat for us as kids. Um, but pitas are all around Israel. You can find them with, like, different fillings and different things inside. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely memory. I'm I'm always conflicted, you know, like now. I think, like, my kids, their first restaurant visit was when they were, like, two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I'm similar to you in the sense that going out to eat was used to be such a big kind of family treat and like a family occasion. So I'm very conflicted, like which one is better, you know, like, is it good to expose your kids to this whole restaurant culture and get them trying out a whole bunch of stuff, but then it kind of also makes you lose out the, you know, like the kind of special occasion feeling around what it is to go out and have a meal. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, to find like a good middle ground of a little bit of that and a little bit of of that would be a good sort of mixture. Um, I think there's a lot of things that you can't try at home. Um, A good example would be uh, the food scene here. With the food scene here, it would be like the Asian food. Um, It's something that, you know, if you don't know how to cook it or you don't have the right equipment, you can't get to the great results that you know, so many restaurants around Auckland have this really amazing food. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think that's where farmers markets come in, right? Like they're like a good in between, like farmers markets, food trucks. You kind of get to experience that food and that culture, but without it being kind of, you know, too heavy on the pocket. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's a really great way to uh, engage with different people and different food scenes uh, for sure farmers market are doing a great job with that yeah so you grew up in Israel so what prompted you to come back to New Zealand and stay I'm sure it wasn't our great kind of kebabs that we used to get back here (laughs) (laughs) well um I have uh I have traveled um to New Zealand after you know growing up in Israel a few times uh, sometimes with my family, sometimes with my partner. And the last trip was um, in, I think it was 2014, if I'm not mistaken, about four years ago. And um, my partner and I came here, and it was his first time. And after we got back home, he said, hey, we live once, let's give it a go. Let's try and check what else is out there. So we found ourselves moving. Um, oh wow! Yeah, but I do have a very large family here, and all my three siblings moved here before me, so that helped make the decision. Yeah, and that's nice. It's always nice having family around, right? Like, For sure. I find ultimately a place has its pros and cons, but like if your family's there, then that makes a huge difference. 
Sure, sure, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so you moved here around 2014. So do you feel that our food scene in New Zealand has kind of gone through a transformation? Like, I remember I left uh, New Zealand back in about 2011. And back then, food courts just used to have your typical butter chicken, maybe one token Asian place, and, you know, like a sushi place. But now when I came back in 2019, I just feel like there's so much diversity yeah. So, do you feel the same? So, we moved back to New Zealand in 2000, I think, 16. Um, and, yeah, for sure, after traveling to New Zealand a few times during my life, I can definitely say that the food scene has grown quite a lot. Um, I think part of globalization, people are more aware of the options that are out there. You can see it on social media and you can see it on TV. So there's like a lot of things that New Zealand didn't have 10 years ago. Um, and today there's plenty of. Uh, something I did find that was sort of missing is good Mediterranean, um, you know, food here. So um, there are a few great places, but there are not a lot of them. So I thought that would be a good place to sort of uh, explore. So Yeah, so I think that leads us perfectly into my next question. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, Carmel Israeli street food. Like how did you come upon the idea and how did you kind of narrow down for it to be about pitas? Well, um, food has been one of my greatest loves. Um, and this is something that I always look for when I go overseas. I used to be a flight attendant and traveled the world and everywhere I would go, I would try and find the most interesting, the most local, the most fresh stuff to try. And um, when I came here, I felt like a lot of people don't really have the knowledge of what is out there and what other options there would be. And for them, like Middle Eastern or Mediterranean would be, as you said, like a kebab or um, something like that. So there's so many more things that happen. Um, at markets, we do focus on pitas because it's a wonderful grab-and-go uh, product. And yeah. we did put a lot of um, love and care into how we make those. Um, I think pita for me is like the ultimate street food. In Israel, you can find it in any street corner. So um, you can make like a whole meal inside a pita pocket. Um so I thought, why not try and take people on a culinary journey uh, without going too far <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting them to try different things and different textures and different um, options of how to serve food that they actually, you know, probably will know. And um, people around New Zealand, I feel like, know what's a falafel, but you you need to make a good falafel and you need to make it fresh on the spot for in order for it to be like amazing as I um, used to have it as a oh, yeah. kid. Some of the ones that you have in those kebab shops I have, I don't know. They just, if you look at them, they just feel like they've been there for a long time. <laughs> well, it is about, it is about being uh, as fresh and as, um, you know, on the spot as possible. Uh, mm. So at markets, we do focus on our pitas, but we do a little bit of catering as well, which have, all sorts of different things from different places in the world that, you know, I was growing up eating. So, yeah, that's okay. 
Cool. So did you do you guys have like a family recipe for a pita? How did you come upon your signature recipe? Because that would be the kind of base, right, for everything? Yeah, I guess. Um, so I went through um, a really great course in Israel. It was like a baking course. Um, and you learn there a lot of like the, you know, the secrets of how to use um dough and how to make different breads and how important the baking procedure is of things and stuff like that. Um, so in Israel, you can find lots of different kinds of pitas. And my favorite one was a Yemenite pita bread. So we managed to get our hands on uh, this older lady. She's a Yemenite older lady, and she um, has her own pita um recipe so we took that and we adjusted it just a little bit um to fit our needs and yeah this is how we came up with it oh cool so and so you guys make all your pitas like from scratch at home kind of thing yeah we're really proud of making basically 95 of percent of what we do we, we we make from scratch so yeah we do it um we do our pitas from scratch and all the fillings uh for it okay. too and so, um, I mean, you said, so you guys have like a food truck, right? Like, or is it a kind of stall that you set up at different farmers markets? Yeah, we have a stall that we set up in different uh, markets. I think the, the main thing why we wanted to have a stall and not have a food truck is because it's easier to walk out and speak to people and get to hear, you know, their story and they want to hear your story. So it's a bit easier to sort of, you know, have more more of a leveled conversation when you're not inside a closed truck so yeah yeah and I feel it's the conversations that make the food special right like that's why I just love farmers markets like because you get to kind of like you were talking right like tell your story about why you're cooking that food and for the person eating it that story is what makes it super special sure and I have to admit I don't do most of the, those conversations because I'm cooking but my but my partner, which he works with me as well, he he's so wonderful at doing this, and people love talking to him. First of all, he has a very sort of Israeli accent to him, and he you know he can talk to people, and a lot of people here we find come and they have stories. Either they've been to Israel or their dream is to go there. So it's really really interesting and wonderful. Okay, yeah, so. Tell me a little bit about, um, I mean, how you got started. Like, how did you have the idea? And I know that you did something called the Manukau Kitchen Project, right? Because that's how we got connected. Yeah, so the Kitchen Project is a program um, that's run by Panuku at Auckland Council. And uh, I actually heard about the Kitchen Project from a friend that sent me a link Um and at first I sort of ignored it and I didn't really look into it. But after a few months, I had a look and it was actually the day of like signing up for it. So I, oh. <laughs> I know it's funny. So I signed up, I signed up and um, I went to an interview and um, I was really lucky to get in um, because I didn't really have a proper um business plan yet uh, mm -hmm. but they I think they liked my product and I was very enthusiastic so I think you know that's sort of what bought me my ticket into this uh, wonderful program 
um, basically it's sort of like an incubator program for food entrepreneurs. And yes, it runs in Henderson and in Manukau at the moment. Um, so we learned a lot about, you know, having a business in New Zealand, having a food business in general, all the like, you know, rules and, and regulations that you need to follow. So it was really interesting and helpful at that time. Yeah. Okay. And you said that um, you do this with your partner. So how, how is it working with your partner? Do you guys work well together? Can you give me some tips for working with your significant other? Like I think if I had to work with my husband, I'd probably kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, you know, it really depends what day you ask me this question. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so at first, um, my partner, Tomer, he was very uh, happy to help me but he did not yeah. he did not want to work with me and I could understand why um, but later on when things sort of picked up we understood that there's potential I think the main three things that I would suggest if you work with your partner first of all communication has to be like a key so making your roles clear who's taking care of what um, talking about um, disagreements and making room for each other. So for me, bringing him into my creation, I needed to sort of make room for him and make sure he um, understands what he needs to do and that he his, you know, voice is heard. And thirdly, I would say um, be interested and not be interesting listening to each other listening to ideas and um yeah just sort of growing it together um i think those three things would be my key um okay. tips <laughs> i'm gonna keep that in mind my husband's behind me to start a like a food stall and a farmer's market um he loves the kind of glamour of it and yeah. he's He's, um, again, one of those people who just loves talking to people and stuff like that, you know. And I'm just like, um, we have two young kids. I can't even imagine having, like, a, a food business I'm doing on the weekends at this point. But, um, yeah, yeah pl pretty good tips. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me, what do you feel makes, uh, you know, what the kind of food that you do stand out in comparison to, like, the pita pits and, like, the kebab corners dotting the country, like, what would be your secret sauce? Um, I think um, I think that in our case, it's quite small, and we put a lot of love into each and every pita that we make. We like literally know each one of them personally. Um, <laughs> we we make everything from scratch, and we use fresh, free range meat, um, fresh vegetables. No nasty, like, sauces or anything like that. So, you know, it's a whole and wholesome meal in, in one. So I think that's sort of what makes it um, really unique and different. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How many pitas would you go through on, like, an average day at the market? Well, it really depends what market it is. We try and... Um, do different markets so some of them are really big and we're well known at and some of them are quite small and people don't really know us yet so mm -hmm. it really varies it could be anywhere between 
fifty to like two hundred and fifty. You know, it really depends on the place. Wow. Uh, but it's part of building your business and building your brand. You need to understand that sometimes it's you know it's it's not about how much you sell, it's who you meet and the opportunities that lie in in that. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So what are some of the markets? Like where can people find you? Well, uh, we our favorite and most, um, you know, uh, close to our heart would be the Coatesville market up in Coatesville. Um, it's a really great market. I think I would probably rate it number one in the country. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I, need to, I need to get out there. Oh, it's so amazing. And there's a lot of beautiful stalls and beautiful food and beautiful crafts. It's just like unbelievable. Um, so that's, would, that would be like my, my number one, but we do, uh, different private events and we do, um, some of the, uh, smaller markets. We've done the Parnell market, we've done uh Kumi market. We, we try and sort of stretch ourselves out quite a lot. We are part of two sort of major groups. One would be the Auckland Food Truck Collective. Uh, yeah. which, which are great and they're like in so many places and they do really a great job of like spreading amazing food around the city uh, and it's a beautiful community as well like people help each other and look out for each other and that's a really great place to be and a similar group would be Love Street Food um, which is a rising uh, group of you know making sure people can invite us for their private events and they make some some of their own events in the city we had a wonderful mediterranean uh event in victoria park market um a few oh, months yeah, ago I missed that one i really wanted to go to that one yeah it was really fun squishy hot and fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think what you said about community is just so important and i've noticed that it's such a huge thing in new zealand like you know people don't have um kind of that or oh, their competition kind of vibe going on it's just about helping each other and I mean I know when I used to do markets back in India all I wanted to do was just go around the market and see what I what I could eat on that day so um yeah, yeah I just find that something really unique about like at least the food business space yeah it is it is unique yeah. So tell me, what's your, you've said you guys do private events and you do markets. So what's your kind of big dream for, um, for Carmel Israeli street food? Like what, do you want to hopefully open up a restaurant someday or just stick to catering? What's the kind of big, big goal? Well, I think we're going to take it as it comes. Um, we do have some plans. We will like to have our own little space somewhere. Um, but you know, with everything that's going on at the moment, it seems like quite a far away dream. Um, so I think there will be some great opportunities that will come out of this time, uh, which is hard on everybody. But, um, I think has that kind of, uh, has this time really kind of affected business? Like, are you guys looking at ways that you could maybe pivot and see what else can be done or are you just taking a well-deserved rest or how's it going? A bit of both. Um, I think uh, resting after the season that we did have until the middle of March was important for us. But then we are looking at other options and exploring different um, 
things that you could do. Uh, obviously, the food scene, um, not just food trucks, obviously restaurants and everybody else has suffered from what's happening in the world. Um, and the main thing is to keep being innovative and thinking outside of the box and trying to find ways, um, safe ways to deliver our food and to uh, get people to try it and eat it and love it. Yeah. Well, like my grandmom used to say, right, like she used, she, I used to sell um, like homemade meals to people's houses mm -hmm. and she'd always, always tell me food is like a recession proof business, you know, like ultimately people are going to need food. So it's just about finding that model that kind of works in this new world that we find ourselves in. But sure. Um, yeah, I think food's still going to be a big part. Um, a lot of my friends are just kind of craving for when they can stop cooking and yeah. <laughs> takeaways. So. For sure. Yeah. Cool. So um, just before we sign off, I'm going to do what I call the fast food section, where I ask you five questions about food. And um, that tells me what kind of person you are. Or not really, but um, just five questions about food. <laughs> um, so let's begin. Are you ready? I am. Okay. So if you were a vegetable, which one would you be? Eggplant. Eggplant. Why? That's a, that's a very, that was a very definitive answer. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful vegetable. It can be used in many, many ways. And it's unique because no, not a lot of people know how to use it. Yeah, no, that is true. That is true. And um, I love the moussaka and stuff like that. that mm. with an eggplant. It's, very, it's a very versatile vegetable. Yes. Okay. So if you were a dessert then, which one would you be? My dessert, I would be an eclair. Oh, oh yes. I love eclairs. <laughs> Getting hungry now. Me okay. too. So, <laughs> so one kitchen staple that you always have in your pantry. Flour. Flour, yeah. Has it, how many kilos of flour have you gone through in the lockdown? <laughs> Probably around 40. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of flour. And one food item that you buy every time you shop, aside from flour now? Oh, definitely tomatoes. No, tomatoes, yeah. yeah. I find it so hard when tomatoes, like now winter will come and they'll get to like crazy, like $8 a kilo or something. Yeah, but as Israelis, we cannot live without tomatoes. Like this is something that is in every meal we have salad and it includes tomatoes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like uh, Indians and onions, right? Like we, I'll, I'll buy onions no matter what the cost because I have to have them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And last question. the Your favorite pita combo that you've come up with so far that like one you'd recommend everyone tries? Uh, we have our chubby eggplant, which comes with uh, eggplant, hard-boiled egg, boiled potato, labneh cheese, a mix of spices and fresh vegetable salad um, topped up with tahini sauce on top. And that's like a breakfast pita in Israel. Oh. It's, it's called sabich, and that's, that's a winner. <laughs> That sounds really good. So it's good you couldn't see me here because I was just like, my mouth was open the whole time you were talking and I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So definitely going to try that one out as soon as the farmer's market's open. I'm definitely heading out to Cotswold. Nice. So, thank you so much, Carmel, for making the time to come on the Kiwi Foodcast and I hope you had a fun time. 
I did. Thanks for having me. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Foodcast, brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi Food Stories.